Yellow. Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Hey, you. Hi. What are you doing over there? Drinking coffee. All right. Were you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sipping coffee out of my Depeche Mode mug that you insisted we buy, and I am now very happy that you did. It's pretty rad, actually. I like it. It's a nice, you know, a good mug collection is a, uh, I think it's a Midwestern pride point. We have a large mug collection, <laughs> and I can't stop buying them when I have, whenever I see a cool mug. I really do think that's a thing. I could be wrong, but I think that there's know, something about it like out a, there. Is that like a Midwest thing? The mug know. collection? I think mugs and shot glasses because mm-hmm. it's like a souvenir thing. Sure. And I think Midwesterners are suckers for a good souvenir. Oh, yeah. Because we live a dull existence. And yeah. so any proof <laughs> that we've varied from that. I think you're right. We need we need something. We need people to see that we've gone somewhere and, else. In what better way than a coffee or alcohol vessel to yeah, prove right. that we have lived? Yeah. So when yeah. we're sitting there on our very boring stoops sipping on uh sipping on uh, the gin and the, juice. <laughs> just say the cheapest possible whiskey available. Yeah. We can go, oh yeah. I went to that island. Yeah, I went to a place once 22 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) And I still Still got got the mug. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. We were talking the other day, uh, me and Ben and Chris were talking about uh, people who videotape everything where they're at and how infuriating (laughs) it is. I just can't be that person. I just can't be that kind of person. It takes too much consistency. What, to, that I just don't have in me. I mean, just like keep holding the phone <laughs> to, to just videotape constantly it. remember to not be in the moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to have the phone out. And yeah, sure. there was a time when I was like more insistent on like like taking pictures and everything. Right. But I know myself. I'm never going to do anything with those pictures. And yeah. if it's like a special moment, I will take a picture. Or if it's a dog, I will take a picture. Sure, naturally. Five billion of them. But... <laughs> If it's like me going to a place and doing a thing, I'm just going to experience the thing. Well, it's like, have you ever, ever taken a picture or a video at a concert that wasn't unrecognizable? Concerts is a different thing. Like, there's no reason to do that. Why are people doing it? They can't possibly be getting better footage than me. It's always a bad video. No, it's never good. Yeah, it's stop it's like, doing that. It's like loud and blaring, and you can't quite even tell what song was playing. Right, and, and the person's washed out and jittery. Yeah, because you had to zoom to the absolute limit of your zoom capacity. No, I did take a couple pictures of. Did I of Dave Gahan? Yeah. I think I tried to take a couple. Yeah, when we went to see Depeche Mode, but right. it was like far away. But also, it's Dave Gahan. But you weren't like standing there the whole time. No, with I think the phone it was in front of you. Yeah, like two, and then I put it away. The other limiting factor for me is like, I don't know what other voodoo people do to keep their phones from dying, but my <laughs> phone is dying every five seconds. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, snap two pictures, got to preserve that battery life. Yeah, you know what? I'm really good on battery life. I haven't run out I'm in not. the middle of the day in it's a while. Because long I never time. close anything. <laughs> That's part of it. And also, you use your phone more than you realize. It's like that idle usage. I do the idle scrolling a lot. I mean, basically, the most phone usage I have during the day is when I am sitting on a toilet. That is premium phone time. If I'm (laughs) working, I don't use my phone, but it still occasionally 
eats up battery because yeah. it's still doing that power cycling thing. Yeah, right. So it's using the battery to power cycle when it's in my locker and I'm not using it. Yeah, your phone annoyingly like turns itself off and back on all day. Yeah, long. I still need to figure that out. I need to do a reset on it, but you bought the Pixel. You got the premium support thing, right? Yeah, but I'm lazy. I before I go to any kind of support, I like to exhaust my options first. So I've I do a hard reset and it's still having the problem then okay then i gotta talk to him i just gotta get around to doing that so right now you're in the middle of exhausting the can i stand this for the rest of my life option (laughs) yeah (laughs) how's it going yeah it's the can i torture myself yeah it's pretty good pretty successful way of torturing myself (laughs) yeah especially when i'm like driving and i need the gps map uh-huh. And then it power cycles. That's, and I don't know where I'm going. That freaks me out, actually. Yeah, it's not good. No, you can't rely on that. No, you can't. The Pixel 3 is coming out. So considering how well this one treated you. <laughs> Honestly, I've, every single phone I've had has had some kind of issue. I've never had a phone that didn't eventually have an issue. Some yeah. of them more severe than others. My last phone just multiple times had charging issues. You had like the One X, didn't you? Physical charge issues. It was the HTC. Was it the HTC M9. one? Oh, okay. What's the One X? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Doesn't matter. I don't either. But I never don't have some kind of issue. Yeah. Eventually, everybody does. So I'm not gonna be like, well, this is gonna be the phone that's gonna solve all my problems and not cause me any. Yeah. How about that brand new $1,100 iPhone? I'm glad I got out of the iPhone game. Eleven hundred dollars, and I thought I paid, and I did pay a lot for this phone. I paid like yeah. eight hundred bucks for this stupid phone. Yep. And eleven hundred, like that. When is this gonna stop? Like the artificial premium rising on phones? Never. I guess not. I guess until we all just go, nah. You know what? I'm good. And that's but the not thing is. Happen. It's not like it used to be with phones when it was a flip phone and that's all it was and it had a simple purpose and yeah. it's never going to really stop doing that purpose until the buttons eventually break. Yeah. Like right. it's not like that. There's software involved now which eventually ages and there's updates you have to do which eventually you won't be able to do the updates anymore because yeah. it's too old. The operating system is too old. Yeah. So it ages out much more quickly than it used to when it was literally serving one function, yeah. maybe two if you texted. You know, stuff like this. Maybe like, three uh, if you played Snake on it. <laughs> <laughs> who didn't play Snake on that old flip phone? I don't know anyone who didn't. I loved playing Snake on my flip phone. Yeah. yeah. It was difficult and truly a challenge. Yeah, and super unresponsive <laughs> and frustrating. Yeah, oh, like just, every good game. Yeah. Did you just kill a fly I with thought your I bare got, hand? I thought I did, but I missed it. Um, oh my God, I get these little gnats all over the place in the summer, and they drive me freaking crazy. I was commanding the dog to eat a fly for me the other day, but it wasn't working. You didn't eat it? No, he was interested in eating it, but sure he, he didn't make to. it happen. There were a couple times he kind of went after it, but it was like mostly bugging me, and I was like, Bo, just get this thing. And he was like, <laughs> I'm napping. I'm napping. Um, so anyway, yeah, I guess, um, I don't know if we have anything else we need to load at the top here or whatever, but, uh, 
We do. Do we? I wanted to talk about the fact that we had roller derby this past weekend. Okay. You weren't able to go because you were doing right. super fun bachelor guy stuff. I was crawling DC, just you know, being I a think man you about were town. Running DC. Oh yeah, we you did. guys. We were booking it. You guys did a lot of stuff. My feet are still in pain, and it has been three days. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. Dave and his compatriots mm-hmm. walked 30,000 steps, 10,000, at let's say at least 30,000. Yeah. 10,000 is the recommended in a day. Yeah. I know you and I both don't normally get 10,000 in a day. No. So that is a lot. I believe if I understand correctly, it was something like 15 miles that we walked. Yeah, that's crazy. It's redonk, but we did see a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, You had never <clears throat> been to D.C. before. No, I had not. So I saw the things that some most of the things you should see, the monument type things, memorial type things. Um, the the I think my favorite thing that happened the whole time we were there was we went walking because we stayed in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. We went walking down um, uh, King Street. Yeah, you said that. At one point, we got to the end and then turned around and came back up, and we we heard live music. So we're like, "What's this? Screw it! Let's just go in, walk up these stairs." All of a sudden in a cigar bar, <laughs> which was so freaking cool because I had said, man, you know, I really want to smoke a cigar while I'm down there. Yeah, that's sweet. And we did. We listened to a you know, band play some covers. We drank, uh, you know, some beers and smoked cigars and relaxed. And Oh, man, that sounds really cool. It was freaking awesome. Just out of nowhere like that. We're like sitting on these like probably fake leather, but like leather couches, <laughs> with like big ashtrays. And I'm like leaned back and probably the most comfortable position i could possibly get into it i'm like i could die here this that would be fine yeah that sounds great it was it was pretty you great. dying that sounds <laughs> great <laughs> you know christy you could have got that that sounds great out a little earlier uh, <laughs> probably, probably could have. i don't want to interrupt you oh man i could die that sounds great <laughs> that sounds great let's do that <laughs> But I, I had a anyway, great time, though. while great you time. were doing that, yes, on Saturday I was doing the derbs. Uh-huh. I was doing roller derby, running the scoreboard. Just I was there from about. like four thirty until like I think it wrapped up around ten thirty. Yeah, it was a long day. Aubrey and Jen, who've both been on the podcast, helped me, which I'm very grateful for. That's awesome. And um, we did the duck toss game. That's what they helped me do. Yeah. And it went smoother this time, but I still still had, like, shitty little kids harassing me <laughs> to keep the ducks. And we're like, no, we need the ducks. Like, we need to do this again. You can't just, can't just be buying rubber ducks every month. You will return the ducks. You will return the ducks. You will be and returning the ducks. And then the one little kid is like, this is a ripoff. And I'm like. He's like, what I even pay for? Because he didn't win. I was like, a life lesson, kid. I was like, you paid for the chance to win. He's like, well, I didn't even pay for this, and this is still a ripoff. I'm like, nope, not how it works. <laughs> and he's like, this is. He's it's, he said something about it being free, and I was like, nope, not a ripoff if it's free. Impossible <laughs> to be a ripoff if it's free. He, he, what he actually got was a life lesson for like five bucks, right? And I. Legit argued with an 11-year-old about this. <laughs> Just like, we're walking out. I'm like, why am I even entertaining this like, yeah, discussion? Don't indulge that. No, no one should indulge that kid's shitty attitude, you know? I eventually stopped. But I needed to make the point that, like, yeah. no. Like, you didn't pay for it. You were paying for the chance 
you were paying in quotes right. for the Someone chance paid for to the chance. win. Yeah. Yeah. I am not even sure. He might have stolen that duck. So I'm <laughs> glad he didn't win. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is when you buy them, it's like a thing where you you pick out a couple of ducks, you have the numbers, and your name yeah. goes on the sheet next to those numbers. So who knows? I mean, if he had thrown them out there and won, he I might hi- not even be on that list. Right. I highly doubt he stole it because the there were two people in charge of ducks. Yeah. And they had the ducks on their persons at all times. So Okay. Not really an opportunity to steal them. Can't get by Aubrey and Jen. Yeah, they are they are expert duck ducksmen. They guard those ducks. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking with for. their lives. I don't know. Yeah. Miss Tina came to the game. She Fantastic. watched one of the games. Um, she had the reaction most people have their first time watching roller derby, yeah. which is what's going on. It's interesting. I don't think I quite get it yet. And yeah. I was like, the more you watch it, you will. But. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that it's a game that occurs going around a track and you're sitting in one spot. Mm -hmm. So you're only seeing a portion of the game whenever it comes around to your spot. And we sat her in the place that you sat last time, which I think is one of the better places to sit because you get to see a lot of the action. Yeah. Because it's where each bout or each jam starts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're going to be there at least like once per game. You know, I think um, once per gym, the the thing I think I said this before, I think elevation is a big deal. I think if your seats were higher up, you'd have if a way you were chance. able to watch from that point of view, like from a balcony, it yeah. would be great. Um, it make a lot more sense to someone who's new because then you can actually see everyone's position a lot better. That's why I like watching the WIFTA like WFTDA yeah. actual bouts and right. championship games. Not to mention it's like gameplay is really, really good because these are like the best of the best. <coughs> but because the the videography is a lot better, right. it's a lot more professional. And so you see from a better angle and you can really see what's happening. Yeah. Um, but we had our A team played and our B team played. Mm-hmm. We had really, really good games. You know, I was going to say, I didn't even ask you. They both won. No shit. They both won. Hey, little steal. First game was a team. They mm-hmm. won like it was something to the tune of four hundred something to maybe twenty. Oh shit! Maybe 30? What team did they play? Um, we played a team called Core, and now this is a sanctioned game, so it counts for rankings. But here's the thing: yeah, we're ranked one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So the lower the number, the better the ranking. Right. We're ranked 199, and they're ranked like 300-something. Oh, okay. So it goes to say that if we're ranked three times as high as them, we should be scoring three times as many points as them. Right, but what you actually did is something like 17 times or 18 times as many points. No, it's I about... It was like 400 to like 20. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I can't even remember exactly what their score was, but yeah, that's it like, was... That's like 20 times as many points. Yeah, so... They they were getting frustrated. Obviously, it's hard to it's hard to lose. Yeah, and it's hard to lose in that way. Yeah, but you you do your best and you play the game that you have. Sure. Um, and no one was being like no one was being cheap. No one was being unfair. No one was, you know, throwing out penalties to throw out penalties. Yeah, right. It was a fair game all around. It was just like they started to get frustrated, which is understandable. Oh, yeah. But that's it maddening. W- it was still a really good game. We had some technical difficulties, but <laughs> once, sure. once we got through that, 
It was fine. How and then the match go? B team was great. They won. Um, it was basically they won by 100 points, mm. which was really nice to see them do. And I I love volunteering and helping my team, but it's really hard because I want to just watch the game. I want to yeah. watch my friends play. If I can't play, like, I want to watch them play. Right. I'm torn between, like, wanting to help my team by volunteering and wanting to just, like, see my friends play. Yup. So, um, I did get to watch. Running the scoreboard, you kind of get to watch a little bit. Right. More than, like, doing other NSO positions. So, I, I did get to see a bit. And I did get to see them do things we've been working on all season, like things we've been practicing. And um, we had recently practiced, like, if someone's coming up behind you and pushing you to, like, actually hit them with their shoulder, like, roll back and hit them, it's a legal hit. Are there any rules about just, like, farting? Like, uh, can you use a fart as a deterrent? I don't think there are rules about that. That's interesting. Now I'm thinking strategically, you know. Honestly, though... Nothing smells worse than roller derby. <laughs> I know. It's a bunch of like poorly washed gear that it's like absorbs sweat, sweat and just smelly yeah. gear. No one would even notice. Wait a minute. <clears throat> I don't even <throat> think anyone would notice in the moment. And if they did, they'd be like, oh, and very quickly carry on. I'm sure it's happened. You're okay. in the squat position the whole time. Sure. People um, got to be farting on each other the whole happen. time. And I'm sure it does. Um but yeah, we were, as you interrupted me with that comment, <laughs> we've been working on, you know, throwing a shoulder back and hitting the person in the chest when they're trying to like push on you. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Vicious Spark had been using that move and she heard someone on the other team go, oh, who's that double zero? That's her number. Who's that double zero? I'm going to be hurting tomorrow mm. because she was getting her with that hit. To yeah. the sternum whenever she would try to get through. Yeesh. So it was nice to see, like, things that we have been doing in practice really start to pay off. Yeah, right. Um, and they they played really well. Yeah. Everyone played well. It was a good game overall. I'm much excited. And we had practice on Monday, and uh, they kind of focused on me a little bit on, like, working on things I need to work on and put me in, like, a pack situation and working on having a jammer come up and just like trying not to lose my balance and mm-hmm. trying to help block them and have my teammates there to support me and get used to how that feels. And yeah. I wiped out a couple of times, but that's part of the game. And it was really nice to have that focused on me. Yeah, that is nice. Cause I, that is definitely something I need to get used to. It's, I can't wait to see you play a game. Honestly, I can't I'm, wait for that to happen. It's going to be, I'm going to be a mess that day. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm well, going to be an anxious, nervous wreck. You're going to get the shit beat out of you. That's the yeah. point. Yep. It's, uh, it'll be all right. Yeah. You'll do it. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> in my notes, I wrote roller derby. We won. Good practice. Butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> butt hurts. Yeah. Because I... Fell on my ass. Yes. And that's how I fell. Um, Christy. Yes. Would you like to play uh-huh. this famous game of ours? Mm-hmm. Our news quiz 
the truths and news. You're news, really please. pulling this I, I really am, too. Do you want to play the news quiz? Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's hear that. Let's hear that classic jingle. Roll that classy jingle. <laughs> Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> what if we just played a Bush's Baked Beans commercial here? <laughs> All right, let's hear it. You need to tell me. You need to tell me why you wouldn't happen to mean. It's time for truth and truth. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing a famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. A Merv Griffin production. <sighs> All right. It is time to play Trues and News, that famous news quiz in which I present you with two false stories, one true story. It is your job to discern the truths from the news or the true news from the false news. Wait. <laughs> Hold on a minute. So you're saying. I am saying. That I have to guess. Yes. The true, the true headline. Yes. The one that's real. The truth. The one that's not fake news. Yes. All right. <laughs> Only 53 episodes in. I just sometimes you have to clarify. All right. You good? I got it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, number one, professional streaker Mark, Mark Roberts, in his first appearance since the 2018 <laughs> Winter Olympics, streaked through the Pope's recent visit to Brazil and waved his genitals at the Pope mobile before being arrested. I want it to be real. <laughs> Number two, in an attempt to convince the public of the safety of legal marijuana, Pittsfield, Massachusetts Health Secretary Jake Greer smokes marijuana in a televised press conference, but can't finish the conference after getting way too high. <laughs> These are really good. I love this so much. Uh, number three, finding no one else challenging the incumbent, comedian Danny Nunez is running for mayor in Terrace, British Columbia, dressed as the Kool-Aid man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> Recap, please. Yes, indeedy. Number one, professional streaker Mark Roberts in his first appearance since the 2018 Winter Olympics streaked through the Pope's recent visit to Brazil and waved his genitals at the Mobile before being arrested. Number two, in an attempt to convince the public of the safety of legal marijuana, Pittsfield, Massachusetts Health Secretary Jake Greer smokes marijuana in a televised press conference, but can't finish the conference after getting way too high. <laughs> and number three, finding no one else is challenging the incumbent, comedian Danny Nunez is running for mayor in Terrace, British Columbia, dressed as the Kool-Aid man. Wow. <laughs> No, those are really difficult. I I love this game. I love this damn I, game so much. I heard much. you cracking yourself up and exclaiming <laughs> that while you were finishing this quiz. So, <laughs> yeah, I knew I was in. I was in for some kind of treat. You're in for a doozy. In for a doozy. Mm -hmm. Um, out for a pound. Yeah, I think that's, that's how that the expression. Goes. For a doozy, out for a pound. I'm gonna say that for now on. Yeah, let's try to make a note of that. You write that down. In oh, for that's a doozy. What, that's what this is for. Yeah, that's what the notebook is for. I think. In for a doozy, <laughs> out for a pound. I didn't even write down the options here. <sighs> that's um, all right. 
mean, you want me to recap first, them again? The first one is Streaker. Uh huh. The Streaker the and the Popemobile. The one is uh, Super High. Yep, Super High Press Conference. Number and uh, the last one is uh, Kool Aid Man Mayor. Yes, Kool Aid Man Mayor. <laughs> Uh, like six months from now, I'm going to look back at these and be like, what the fuck? What was I writing about? Um, and we're going to have to listen to the episode and be like, oh yeah, that crazy shit. Yeah. Um, all right. This is a toughie. This is really tough. This is a toughie. To me, Mm. I felt like all of these sounded feasible, like pretty feasible. I think they do. Something about the second one just, I don't think... Is it that's it? I you just don't, don't think? think that's it. Okay. I'm gonna go with the last one. I think Kool Aid Man Mayor. Go with Kool Aid Man Mayor. Final that's answer. The truth. Yes. Chrissy, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like something a comedian would do. You got it. <laughs> so uh, the thing about this story that I thought was really funny is it's also like this guy doesn't even necessarily think he can win, but part of the thing is when people don't run against incumbents. Voter turnout is really low, mm-hmm. like especially for the big like headline races, you know. Right, and there's like other issues on the ballot that need <clears throat> attention always, right? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a public service to just be like, you know what, I'm gonna run. Just vote against me, so I don't win, but also look at the other things on the ballot. Yeah, like and get show voter up, turnout. Show up because a this is important, and b there's a chance that the Kool Aid <laughs> Man will be your mayor, so show up. Um. So, yeah, that's actually happening in British Columbia. And you Columbia. know, like, every 18-year-old, however old you have to be to vote for the first time yeah, right. in British Columbia, is um, going to vote for the Kool-Aid man, so oh, yeah. better get out there and negate that vote. <laughs> that's, like, almost literally an episode of Black Mirror, where they had that, uh, what the heck was his name? It was, like, a blue bear that runs for... Uh, Not one I've watched. Yeah. He, like, runs for office. He's, like, an animated bear, like, puppeted by a dude in a, like, a like a bunch of, like, a... Was he a ring bear? A what? A ring bear? A rain bear. Ring bear. Ring. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Do you remember that from How I Met Your Mother? I don't, Did you actually. you ever watch that episode? No. One of the characters keeps saying, yeah, we're going to have a ring bear. <laughs> and they're like, you're saying bearer, right? You're saying ring bearer? No, it's going to be a bear. No, he keeps saying, yeah, ring bear. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I hope you're saying bearer. Um, what ended up happening was it... It was a child who was the ring bearer, but he was dressed as a bear. So he was a ring bearer and it was adorable. Nice. That's it pretty worked. good. Yeah, it was great. You got the news quiz. Congratulations. Woo, woo. That one, I, you know, oh, but let me just say for the record mm-hmm. uh, that uh, while I made up some of uh, the first one, there is a professional streaker by the name of Mark Roberts. And it is amazing. I read an article about him the other day. I did not doubt. That that man existed. <clears throat> he was actually paid to streak at like a Super Bowl like 10 years ago or something like this. Who paid him to do that? I can't remember who. It's bizarre. <laughs> but he did. Um, he got out on the field running around naked. Um, I did not doubt the existence of him or someone like him. I doubted that he waggled his junk at the Pope. <laughs> um, well, it's also like I think the, the nature of the Pope mobile might be different now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Pope Francis does not. Uh, does not get in the glass case the way that, like, John Paul did. Yeah. Like, he's, like, a pope of the people. He's a real hip pope. He he's drives, <laughs> like, um, he's just in the back of a beetle. 
I like the thing he's like like in a Camaro, he's like in a sipping smart on a car. <laughs> he's on a Vespa. I like to think he's in a Camaro sipping a 40 and just like fist pumping people. Um, Real hip Pope. That is. It's not the young Pope. It's not the, the young hip pope. pope. Not the young Pope. That young, that young Pope. Why I oughta. Young Pope, you get back here right now and clean your room. I don't remember his name, but uh, one of my teammates was recently talking about him. There's this guy who streaked at like a professional football game i think Mm -hmm. last year and it turns out he's like he plays roller derby okay and so he's like a known entity among roller derby people and someone recently met him and like was like oh my god you're the guy who did the streaking and no it was like someone who was friends with him Mm -hmm. and he actually has pictures of him streaking at the game and it happened to be like a really great shot like he's looking at the camera and laughing like as he's out? running. Um, it's from like the hips up. Like oh, you don't okay. see it. Well, no, no, it's full body, but his legs are in such a way that it, you don't <laughs> see the junk. Um, Damn, what a missed opportunity. But you see those derby thighs and the derby booty. Okay. Um, which I'm sure you really want to see. File this under the news desk for derby related things. Yep. We're gonna, we need to start an official derby news desk here on the news chase. <laughs> but he carries... That photo on him. Christy, easy. I'm gesturing wildly. He <laughs> carries that photo of himself on him to give to people when they recognize him from that. So weird. So funny. <clears throat> such a funny thing to be a streaker and to hand out photos of you being a streaker. Streaking is just like such a like a strange it's, thing. It's to an American with. pastime. <laughs> we love the true being American naked. pastime. We sure do love the being is, naked. We love being naked, but we don't like to admit that everyone likes to be naked, we have a lot of shame about it. Oh, yeah. So the streaker really makes us confront this shame uh, yes. that we all have. The streaker, the artiste, yes. makes us confront our own inner demons. Yeah, I think that's actually true. Uh. <laughs> so uh, Anyway, yep. <clears throat> we have a very special <clears throat> middle seggy. We do. We have a fun middle seggy. We have a very strange thing that we are going to ingest into our bodies. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> You're not making it sound great. So, uh, well, I do think it is very strange. I've never, ever seen this anywhere. But I'm going to go pour a little bit of this out if you want to sure. continue to yeah, talk sure. about what it is. Yeah, sure. I'll just sit here and talk to myself. That's fine. <laughs> well, I can wait. <laughs> no, it's all right. Here, pour it out into this glass. Oh, that's perfect. Um. So the idea is that uh, Miss Tina, who we mentioned previously, was just in Dubai, which was super cool. She got to have a what was she gone for a whole week? About a week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah, and uh, and you were house sitting for Miss Tina and, and uh, taking care of the dog and yep. Aubrey a little bit. That's right. So you guys. Uh, so when Miss Tina came back, she she brought gifties back with her, and among mm-hmm. that is these little pouches of dehydrated camel milk. Which and instructions is, on how to prepare it. I find this so fascinating. I I didn't I, I didn't really even I mean like when you mentioned it I was like I, I was like oh yeah camels are mammals right <laughs> you did you're like I guess camels can make milk I didn't it just seems weird because they seem like an alien they seem like Alf they don't seem like they belong on Earth they're such a weird animal but I guess they're yeah. mammals and they make milk. Okay, open this. Okay. <laughs> I'm. If I open it, the powder is going to go everywhere. 
You know what? I got a razor blade over here. Let me just. That's yeah, probably a good the, idea. The smart and easy way. Anyway, yeah, we're about to drink camel milk, which I am given to understand has <laughs> its own kind of unique flavor. I guess every milk does sort of taste a little different, right? Yes. I'm basically going to make camel milk shots. Okay. You're supposed to mix. The true instructions say to mix eight ounces of water with one of these little dehydrated camel milk packets. Mm hmm. But we've been told to just use four ounces of water um, yeah. because it has like a better texture and mouthfeel. And mouthfeel. And gets closer to what camel milk actually tastes like. Yeah. Um, That's the other thing is when it's dehydrated and put into a packet, it's a, it's like a right. skim milk. I got to shake um, this up. Okay. That's cool. Let's give you a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Raucous. Camel milk. It sounds like a damn party, doesn't it? <laughs> and then I'm going to pour us some um, frothy <laughs> camel milk frothy. shots over here. Frothy. You know, I just, I can't believe we're about to drink this. It's such an interesting and weird thing, isn't it? It has an interesting smell, I will tell you that. Do you mean interesting euphemistically, like gross, or interesting like just interesting? I can't decide. <laughs> of all the animals I would look at in the world and go, I need that thing's milk. <laughs> right? I don't, honestly, that's not a thing I would ever think. <laughs> okay, fair point. If I wasn't already exposed to drinking cow's milk, I wouldn't right. approach a cow and go, I wouldn't right. ever be like, I want whatever comes out of that thing's that, nipples. That weird, that weird bag on the okay. bottom of it. I want to drink that. I put yours in this shot glass okay. intentionally. Okay. Ooh, I got the Targaryen shot glass. Very cool. I got the Wolf Babies. You are a Stark. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name, <laughs> so I went with Wolf Babies. I cannot whiff much off this. Really? Yeah, I think I I'm, get a. I get a scent. I'm not really getting it. It's like a. Nothing. I got nothing. Am I broken? <laughs> it's very slight. It was more. It was a little more intense off of that. I'm not sure if I was smelling the container or if yeah. I was smelling the milk. Got nothing. It It's hard to put my finger on what it smelled like. So it looks like skim milk, basically. More or less. With a little like layer of froth at the top. Yeah. So what do you say? You bottoms ready? up? Yeah. Let's have a little sip. Right, let's sip. have a little sip on this. Tastes kind of grassy. Yeah. It's not bad, though. Doesn't taste bad. I wish we had the opportunity to try, like, real camel milk that's not dehydrated, because yeah. it still is a little thin. Yeah, it is still a little thin. You're right on the grassy thing. I was expecting more of an aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Like. Honestly, just kind of tastes a hell of a lot like milk. Like, just milk yeah. that I know. Yeah, just like like real watery, like skim milk. Yeah, I will say one thing that it's not. I expected it to be a little bit sweeter just because like milk kind of has a sweetness to it underneath, you know? There's a lot of sugar in milk. Yeah. Typically, yeah. Like, and you don't really necessarily think of milk as sweet, but it is pretty sweet. It's sweet. If you, um, I can't drink regular milk, mostly because I'm lactose intolerant. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. I do anyways, but I shouldn't. <laughs> um, 
But the, the lactose is a type of sugar, and some people just can't process it as well as other people. Yeah. And what they do to negate that, like lactate milk or lactose-free milk, just converts the lactose into fructose, which mm-hmm. is another form of sugar. So when you drink lactate, yeah. it tastes sweeter. Yeah. Um, but it's the same amount of sugar. It's just a different flavor because it's the sugar's in a different form. Yeah. So and you receive it in a different form. Like you, you probably right. sense that differently. Right. It fructose. It just tastes sweeter than lactose. Yeah. But your body still gets lactose as sugar. Like it's still very sugary. Yeah. And we just don't process it. Like we don't think about it that way. That's interesting. I gotta say, I like camel's milk. I thought it was going to be like a gross thing. Yeah, I don't know. I was just expecting something farty. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like I thought it was just going to be like like weird and funky because the camel's I a weird, funky I thought it was going to be funky. Yeah. That's what it is. I thought it was going to be funky. Yeah. I thought it was going to taste <laughs> like how barn animals smell. <laughs> well, because camels are such transparently gross looking creatures that spit on people and are all kinds of weird. You just expect yeah. their milk to not be super pleasant. This yeah, is but real it's, nice. It's not bad. I wouldn't mind pouring this over a cereal, adding a shot to my coffee. Put some of your coffee. Yep, I'm going to put a little put bit in my coffee. Put your remainder in your coffee there. Yep. See how it tastes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah, be able to like... taste it at all. <laughs> it will get lost in there completely, but it's going in my coffee. There's definitely a flavor, but it's not unpleasant. I agree. There's more of a flavor, mm. I think, than reg- Well. I want to say there's more of a flavor than than like cow's milk. It's just that I'm so used to cow's milk. Yeah. I can't even describe it very well. I think yeah, grassy kind of, was the best kind descriptor. Kind of grassy. Yeah, grassy is the best descriptor. I mean, and and I'm sure that, uh, you know, like the way that we feed dairy cows is like, they, you know, yeah. they don't necessarily just munch on grass all the time. Like we, yeah. we fatten them, we fatten them up pretty good with other stuff, right? Like I, corn and stuff, stuff they can't even really like digest. I don't know what we possibly. do. Possibly, I don't. I don't know. Oh. Um, someone is. Ding oh and no, ding. that's me. Now, now I'm the bad one. <laughs> now you're the one whose phone went off. How dare you? Uh, I'm gonna silence mine while we're at it. Anyway, I like this, and I would drink more of it. And I know that you can get regular like camel milk, like not uh, dehydrated, but just like regular camel camel milk. Camera milk. Camera milk. Yeah, straight from the nipples of uh, a Nikon a D nice four hundred. Mmm, <laughs> robot milk. No, yeah, I like this. This is pretty cool. Thank you, Miss Tina, for like yeah, experience letting us experience this. The smell of it this. reminds me of something, but I can't think of like what it reminds me of. I but cannot smell anything. I really did think it was going to have a funky aftertaste, and there's no aftertaste. There's a little bit of a flavor up front, that yeah. grassy flavor, and then it it's just. Cold? Yeah. It's just refreshing. I don't know. Yeah, it's not bad. Tastes like refreshment. Yeah, we still have another pack of this. I will tell you, upstairs. if you try to you try to get your mouth around a camel, you are gonna get kicked. So whatever you <laughs> why, do, whatever you do, would, use a bucket. Why would they do that? I don't know. You sometimes you save a step and just like you know, slurp it right out of the camel. Don't do that. No slurping camel's nipples. That's what Noted. I'm sa- That's what I'm saying. I, I want to be the first person to let people know because I think it's probably a common mistake. I think it's probably common sense not to do that, <laughs> but 
<laughs> if you feel the need to put that out I'm there. I'm just saying, now that I know how irresistible camel milk really is, I might, if I see one, I might have to fight the urge, you know. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if something happens in our lives <laughs> and we're face to face with a camel yeah. and you have that urge yeah. and you you lose yourself in that fight. Yeah. And you try to suck a camel's nipple. I am not bailing you out of whatever jail they put you in for doing that. Officer, please. <laughs> I was thirsty. This isn't weird. <laughs> Anytime you have to say this isn't weird, it's because it's fucking weird. I'll give you that. Uh, um, I did want to quickly say yes. that we've been talking... Every episode for the last few episodes about when our one year anniversary is and doing something special and and all that stuff. So we are going to do something. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be in this episode. It's going to be a little additional thing we're doing. So you get extra content instead yeah. of different content. Um, and uh, we'll we'll post that up when it's done. Yeah, we're going to do something. We don't know exactly what yet. We're going to do something <laughs> to sort of officially sort of celebrate our one year. We have an idea. We have an idea. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, just wanted to put that right here. Okay. We're, and are you ready for a little break break? I think it's time for us to take a little break break. I'm going to finish this milk. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue drinking my coffee, which is powered by camel now. Powered by camel Brought to milk. you by the power of camels. Yeah. I feel like I could kick a hole in a door. How many camel power do you think you're at right now? <laughs> One and a half. One and a half camel power? Yeah. Oh my god! How does that relate to horsepower? Do you think? I'm not sure. I think camel power is probably like it kind of depends on like okay, like horses. I think they got more running power. Yeah, camels do but seem camels like got slow power. and steady. Yeah, they're really about endurance. A camel is an endurance <clears throat> machine designed by nature. Yes, yeah. I'm writing that down. It's like a it's like a Volvo or something. It's just like it'll it'll hang around for a while, like <laughs> a, a Honda camel maybe. Is an endurance machine <laughs> designed by nature, like a Volvo. Yeah, like a Volvo or a Honda. I don't know, something like that. Like, you know, like the... the Just uh, keep going. Just keep... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a little break uh, so I could reorganize my thoughts and say something not stupid. And we'll be back oh, with the main segment. you're not stupid. You're just powered by camels. Yeah, milk. God, I got all these crazy thoughts because of this camel. You're drunk off the camel. I really am. I've gotten mad with... Camel drunkenness. With camel power. <laughs> Dave's right. going to turn into a camel any second, guys. Joe Camel. Actually, <laughs> Oh, man, that'd be so cool. That would be pretty cool. All right. All right, we'll be back in a minute with the main segment for this episode. Stick around. I couldn't. I couldn't do the dead air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're back. Do you want to announce what we're talking about? Uh, you know what? You do it because this is one that um you picked. I told you 
take something off the list rather than yeah. me assign you one. And I think you made a right choice going with something that isn't soul crushing. I wanted something <laughs> lighthearted and I looked at the items on the list yeah. and this was one I knew for sure wasn't going to like murder our emotions. <laughs> so um, the other one, some of them, I just wasn't familiar enough with it to guarantee it wasn't gonna. Right. So I'm excited this about this isn't one. Gonna, this is a nice lighthearted episode. Maybe in the episode description, we can even put a little like lighthearted so people know. <laughs> it's not necessarily uplifting. It's hashtag just like camel powered hashtag lighthearted camel powered and lighthearted. Yeah. Now, if you could be lighthearted and camel powered, man, yeah. that's a good episode. That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm full of it. <laughs> full, I, I'm just like radiating full of camel power and caffeine. I'm just radiating camel goodness. That's a pretty good way to be. Yeah. Tell me about it. Whew. But on to the topic. <laughs> it's yeah. been discussed for years. Yes. It, it has. is the song You're So Vain mm-hmm. by Carly Simon. Yes. Specifically, who it's about. Yeah. Who is so vain? Who is it who thinks that song is about them? I, I bet they do think that song is about them. <laughs> who is so vain? Um, one thing I found in researching this topic is a lot of people who don't get the tongue in t- the tongue in cheek nature of the lyrics of the song. <laughs> a lot of people going, but the thing is, the <laughs> song is about that person. So what's <laughs> wrong with the fact that they do think it's about them? And I'm like, I think thou misseth the point. <laughs> it's actually weird that that would be someone's take. Is well, it is about someone though. Like why would she even say that? People's. That's weird because many people. That's the joy of the thing. Right. It's It's like, it's funny. Yeah. That's the point. Of course they think it's about them. It's about them. There are so many humorless fucks running around this planet. But also, like, there are going to be people that think it's about them that it's not about. Yeah. So, like, that's the joy of the song. Anyways. (laughs) So, this is one of the biggest mysteries in the history of pop music. I agree. Um, and to start it off, we have to talk about the lyrics of the song. Okay, let's so do it. I'm going to read them to you. First verse, you walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. <laughs> you had one eye on the mirror as you watched yourself gavotte. And all the girls dreamed that they'd be your partner. They'd be your partner. Now, gavotte is like a French... Kissing uh, dance. Okay. I, I looked that up while I was on the Wikipedia. And apparently it's just kind of like a pretentious thing. Oh, uh, okay. It's kind of what she's getting it's at. Like, like, kind of like a snooty little. Watching yourself be fancy sort yeah. of thing. Sort of something that someone very vain might do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the chorus. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you, don't you, don't you? And the podcast is shut down. (laughs) (laughs) That's under 30 seconds, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Second verse. Also, all credits to Carly Simon. This is her song, not our song. We don't think it's our song. We're just discussing it. I mean, I was going to try to take credit for it, but if you're going to derail me like that without telling me, then all right. Yes. Fine. You did not... (laughs) Write this song in 1972. You weren't born. You don't know that. All right. All right. Second verse. You had me several years ago when I was still quite naive. 
Well, you said that we made such a pretty pair and that you would never leave, but you gave away the things you loved, and one of them was me. I had some dreams. They were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. Yeah, that's a, that's a very sad verse. <laughs> yeah. When it she is. sings, one of them was me. You kind of do. You kind of yeah, like, you your feel stomach that. goes out a little bit. Also, apparently the line clouds in my coffee was in reference to um, someone who was in her band at the time, like touring with her. They okay. were on a plane somewhere and she had like a cup of coffee and it was reflecting like the clouds outside were reflected in the coffee. And her friend went, oh, look at the clouds in your coffee. And she liked the sound of that and just used it as a reference to like something kind of surreal and ephemeral and like, oh, God, I, I thought this was real, but I guess it wasn't. You know, between the that and the dreams, it, it's sort of like the, the clouds in the coffee thing always suggested like reading tea leaves to me. Like, yeah. Like pretending something, way, yeah. especially in combination with the dreams. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she was seeing signs. I, I think the way she meant it was like she... She thought it was real, but it was like she thought there was something actually there that wasn't actually there. Mm. Um, I guess you can inter- interpret that a few ways, huh? A good song should be able to be interpreted in so yes. many ways. And I contend this is a great fucking song. Yes, because it we've is. been talking about it forever. You know what? Yeah, we didn't even say that outright. But yeah, this is a great song. I think we, um, we both love this song. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good song. Yeah. Um. And I'll talk more later about about how I feel about that. But okay. um, verse three, well, I hear you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. Then you flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Well, you're where you should be all the time. And when you're not, you're with some underworld spy or the wife of a close friend, wife of a close friend. That's that, there's some venom in that. Yeah. There's venom in all this, and it's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the song. So let's talk about who knows the truth, who knows who the song is about, because there are some people who do. Oh, Carly really? Simon naturally knows. Sure. Um, Howard Stern knows, <laughs> because apparently she was on his show once, and after the interview, she pulled him in close to her and whispered in his ear mm-hmm. and told him who it's about. And he's never said? He's never said. Wow. He's he said some things, but he's never said who she told him. That's crazy. Um, Taylor Swift guy... knows. Oh, really? <laughs> because they duetted this song on one of Taylor Swift's tours. So when they sang it together, she told Taylor who it was about and made her swear not to tell anyone. So she hasn't told anyone. Yeah. The power of Carly Simon is that you could just give people these secrets and people are like, no, the beauty of this is that people don't know. I'm not going to tell. Yeah. Um, you know what this is reminding me of is the fact that there was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> where Alanis Morissette pulls Larry aside and tells him who or what you, you ought to know. I don't know. Yeah. Which that's one that everyone kind of has already well established yeah. and figured out. But <laughs> the fact that she pulls him aside to kind of. Give him the scoop, you know? Yeah. And and I think he can't keep it a secret because he's Larry David. I can't remember, but. (laughs) That sounds like Larry David. It's kind of like this, though, you know? Yeah. It makes you feel like you're in on something. Yeah. Um, A man by the name of Dick Ebersol knows. 
Okay. He was the highest bidder of the Martha's Vineyard Possible Dreams charity auction. He bid $50,000 to learn this secret. <laughs> he's uh, the president of NBC Sports, and he's a friend of Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, he the, the caveat was that he was not allowed to tell sure. anyone, of course, but she let him give one clue. And that clue was that the letter E is in the person's name. Ooh. Um, so how did this become such a mystery? Like people, <laughs> yeah, like why do we care this people much? People sing about their exes all the time. Yeah. Like when you're a musician and I, I've written songs for years and even though I haven't been playing music as much lately, I still write songs. Like mm-hmm. I still have ideas and write them down and occasionally record them. Like, and they're born from experience. It's experience. It's like something reminds you of something and it puts you back in a moment and you write about it. Yeah. And it, a lot of times it's not about one single instance. A lot of times, like I write in first person all the time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I'm not writing about my story. Yeah. I might be writing about something tangentially related to me or something inspired by something I went to, Yeah, but it's an actual story. Like it's not always the truth. Right. I've, I've written about a lot of things I've never experienced, mm-hmm. but that I just like felt very in a very real way. So I wrote about it. Yeah. So it could be easy to be like, oh yeah, what's that about? That person went through some shit, but it's not necessarily, you know? Yeah. Right. So why did this stand out? Like, why did everyone talk about it? Yeah. There's lots um, of other musical mysteries out there, but this one is the biggest by far. So this song was number one in January 1973. It was released in 1972. Okay. Uh, Carly Simon and James Taylor had just gotten married. And so it was like that, oh, like new fresh love. And then this song (laughs) comes out. Yeah. That's like. It's like Carly, all right. She's in pain kind of a song. And then. So everyone's just curious about it. And then an L.A. radio station was having listeners call in with their guesses. Like it just became a thing. The ball got rolling. And I think she just went with it and was like, okay, we're going to make this a thing. Let's make this a thing. Right. Like if people are already doing this, why would I stop them? It's only helping the popularity of the song. She said such things as like, no, I'm never going to reveal who it's about because, you know, this is written in an era where people kept their confidences. Yeah. Stuff like that. Can you imagine? So common theories of who the song is about. Yeah. Let's hear them. I think I think I know at least one of them, but I don't know the full depth. Mick Jagger. Okay. That's one that I had heard. Cat Stevens, Warren Beatty, Chris Christopherson, David Geffen, David Bowie, David Cassidy, James Taylor, and Dan Armstrong. Okay, so like eight of those have an E in their name for one. Yeah. But also, you didn't say Robert Redford, did you? Because I thought I'd I heard his name mentioned before. That's not one I saw in the okay. research, but she might have dated him. Yeah. Basically, anyone she's ever dated is going to be like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> thrown in here, Spin and some people she hadn't history. ever dated were thrown in here. Right. Um, <clears throat> okay. It's just you know people speculating to speculate. Sure. So let's talk about some clues and denials. Ooh, all right. Let's get into it. Let's Sherlock Holmes this so thing. So over the years, she has Carly Simon has divulged letter clues like the one um, the. Letter E is in the name. Yeah. So in 2004, she was talking to Regis Philbin. I'm assuming this was on air. Regis she has said, an E in his name, I'm just saying. 
<laughs> she said, if I tell, it will be drips and drabs. I've given out two letters already, an A and an E, but I'm going to add one to it. I'm going to add an R in honor of you. So she gave the letters A, E, and R as oh. being in the person's name. Oh, wow. Okay. She has told multiple people uh, that the song is about three people. And that's one thing Howard Stern revealed is that it's not about one person. She pulled him into her and she whispered three names in his ear. So it's about three people, not one. I never heard that before. Yep. Yeah. Super I cool, never right? heard that before. That blows my mind. Each verse is a different person. That makes perfect sense. Yep. And okay, I was waiting to tell you that before I I said anything else. As I said, I've written songs before. Yeah. And a lot of I have written songs exactly that way. Of where like, like multiple different Each verse focuses. was inspired by someone else I dated. Because yeah. There's shitty stuff in every relationship and great stuff in every relationship. Yeah. And when you're a flawed human being, sometimes you make the mistake, same mistake over and over or you're attracted to the same sure. kind of person. So there's that unifying so thread. There's going to be similarities and there's obviously going to be differences and there's going to be something interesting in there to talk about. Yeah, you're so right. So it totally makes, that's, makes sense. <laughs> it does. Especially if we're writing like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know. <clears> like You could so see how people would assume it's one person. I totally get it. And and it makes so much sense that it isn't. It would make sense as a unified being about one person. It makes sense being about three different people. Wow. So, okay. On November 4th, 2009, Simon said she had hidden the name in a version of the song. Like whispered it in the mm. background. Some people said they heard it and it was the name David, but she denied it. In 2010, she reiterated the name is whispered in a record in a re-recording, and Simon's representation did confirm that it is the name David. Vanity Fair noted that in addition to David, there's also the name Warren and an <laughs> unintelligible third name that's whispered. No shit. Um, because of the David that's whispered, a lot of people suggested that it's David Geffen which was her former boss at Electra Records. But she didn't know him when she wrote the song. He didn't become, like, two record labels merged, and then he became her boss. Yeah. And that happened in, like, 1973, but she wrote the song in 71 and released it in 72. So she has always denied that and said she didn't even know him at that point. So it had nothing to do about him with him. Um. Simon's publicist gave the most vague confirmation ever, saying <laughs> um, the song isn't about David Geffen, but there is a David who is connected to the song in some way, shape, or form. I'm pretty sure there's a David connected to every song in some way, shape, yeah. or form. That's the most generic statement if ever. If you play Six Degrees of Separation from Dave. <laughs> right. <laughs> you Eddie connect Dave. every song to you specifically <clears throat> oh, yeah. that way. Yeah, like that's that's a really very deliberately vague response. Yeah. In 2007, in an interview, Warren Beatty said, let's be honest, that song was about me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, well, Carly, Simon, so. Carly Simon has responded and said, well, he certainly thinks it's about him. He called me and said, thanks for the song <laughs> after he heard it. This is brilliant. On God, an, what a great troll, huh? Uh-huh. On an album version of Son of a Gun, I Bet You Think This Song Is About You, 
um, featuring Carly Simon. It's a Janet Jackson song. Okay. So Janet Jackson has this great song called Son of a Gun. Uh, Missy Elliott is also on the original version of it, and she samples um, You're So Vain, just the chorus. Okay. And then she did like a, a remix with Carly Simon, in which Carly Simon was, she was going to, Janet asked her if she could use her song, like sample it. Okay. And Carly was like, well, why don't, yeah, sure, you can do that, but why don't I write some like spoken word verses for you for this little mashup thing they did? So she wrote a couple verses and potentially revealed a little something. Oh, really? Um, By the way, you, you guys should definitely look at the video for the original Son of a Gun. It's so good. It's got like... You know in Beyonce's Lemonade in the one song when she's smashing taillights out? Oh, my God, This yes. is the original version of that. This is Janet Jackson, fully ripped abs, going nuts because <laughs> it was about her ex-husband who, like, tried to extort her money. Like, yeah. tried to, like, use all of her money and shit. So it was just, like, it's very visceral and it's angry raw. and raw and, like, really good song. So then there's the one featuring Carly Simon. Mm-hmm. In some of her spoken word lyrics, she says, The apricot scarf was worn by Nick. Nothing in the words referred to Mick. Now, it's thought... <laughs> okay. It's thought that Nick Delbanco, or Delbanco, Delbanco, D-E-L-B-A-N-C-O, mm-hmm. he's an American writer. It's thought that that's in reference to him. She, okay. he was like her first love. She dated him in high school. So she basically said outright that that's him. No That kidding. the first verse is about him. Now, wow. I didn't find any, I found like one site or a couple places that pointed that out, but no one really being like, oh my God, she revealed who the first verse is about. So I'm like, did people just miss this? Did they just not hear that version of Janet Jackson's song? Yeah. Or is it a red herring? Sure. And we're supposed to think it's Nick Delbanco, but I've never I've never seen anywhere her saying anything negative about him. Okay. So who knows? But I'll talk about that a little more in a second. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the truth. <laughs> I want I want the truth. <laughs> I want it the now. full truth and nothing but the truth. So leading up to her memoir, Boys in the Trees, Carly Simon admitted that the song is about Warren Beatty, but only the second verse. Okay. So let's reread the second verse just to keep that fresh. Sure. You had me several years ago when I was still quite naive. Well, you said that we made such a pretty pair and that you would never leave, but you gave away the things you loved, and one of them was me. I had some dreams. They were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. Okay. So that so Warren one Beatty's verse. is Warren Beatty. Okay. So he was right. The song is partly about him. <laughs> I just love someone going, yeah, that, that song's yeah, about me. That song's about me. Also, he's known for being a playboy. Yeah, sure. Um, and for a, being a bit of a heartbreaker. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure any number of people could have written that song and he would have been like, yeah, yeah it's about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. She said it's also about two other men. And in that Janet Jackson song, she said... Nick wore the apricot scarf, which points to Nick Delbanco. Okay. She dated him in high school. He was her first love, and she seems to have a lot of respect for him. Okay. 
Um, in her memoir, she talks about him quite a bit. And she says, like, he was the first person who told her, like, her dad was cheating on her mom and stuff. Oh, like, God, really? Like, real big bad stuff and helped her deal with that situation. So she seems to have a lot of a, a lot of like positive feelings for him. Sure. But when I reread the first verse, you walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. You had one eye on the mirror as you watched yourself gavotte. And all the girls dreamed that they'd be your partner. They'd be your partner. Yeah. It doesn't really sound negative to me. It sounds like someone that maybe is a little vain, but yeah. she's not saying anything bad about it. She's just being like, everyone wanted to be with you. Yeah, you but, knew you were hot stuff and everyone wanted to be with you. But he also, the thing is, he also knows he's hot stuff. Right. He's he's, look, he's checking himself out. Like, it's, it sort of implies like he's... It, it definitely applies, implies vanity. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily sound like her... Yeah, like not that like he's someone a bad she dude. hates. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be about Nick Delbanco. I'm just surprised that no one else is like, yeah. oh, yeah, like she totally revealed that. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it seems like that whole, the whole line about it being a, a Nick is like. It's very obvious. Yeah, it's like super obvious. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that be something everyone was talking about? Yeah. So that's why I'm wondering, maybe it's a red herring, but maybe, maybe not. Could be about him. And then. The third one is someone named David. It's not David Geffen. She's been really clear it's not him. Okay. Um, other options are David Bowie, which she's never really been known to like have a relationship with, though she was, she did have relations with Mick Jagger, who was really close to David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and there's also the rumor of David Cassidy, but not. It it's maybe a little unlikely he was like younger than her and would he really be able to be like that vain and like able to hurt her that bad to okay get her ire to be on a song who knows yeah Ooh. we don't know Dang. um I'm bumping stuff sorry and and so many people do think still that it's Mick Jagger I forgot to mention mm-hmm. Mick Jagger actually lended um backing vocals to the first version of the song. Oh, really? <laughs> um, uncredited backing vocals. No shit. And it's thought that that was a little dig at the other people in the song. And it's kind of been her proof to be like, no, like he's in the song. It's not about him. <laughs> like he helped me with the song. It has nothing to do with him. Um, wow. I didn't know that. But David Bowie's wife in her memoir said, so, so that last verse, that third verse, yeah. well, I hear you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. Then you flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Well, you're where you should be all the time. And when you're not, you're with some underworld spy or the wife of a close friend, wife of a close friend. That's, that's the one. That one's like, that's the so, one that you wouldn't really want to reveal who it is because it's so... It's so damning. So David Bowie's wife said in her memoir that she was pretty sure that that was about Mick Jagger because there was a time when Mick Jagger was obviously close to David Bowie. Yeah. And was, according to her, obsessed with her. Okay. So she, that was her motivation for saying like, no, it's about Mick Jagger. And that's why a lot of people have thought it's about Mick Jagger. 
Okay. But according to Carly Simon, not about Mick Jagger. He helped her with this with the backing vocals. Had nothing to do with him. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It seems like very weird that she would like be writing something about him and also have him involved in the song. Like it seems it like he would figure weird. it out. Right. But also like I don't know. That's really specific. I don't know. Like it does seem kind of specific. <clears throat> and if you're both musicians and you kind of have like a fling, like she was with him after she was with Warren Beatty. Okay. And some people said like it was almost like a rebound kind of thing, like a jab at Warren Beatty, be like, all right, look who I'm with now. Right. Um, if that were the case, it's possible they still had like a good friendship afterwards and were like, okay. And she could have been like, hey, like I'm going to write about you in this song. Do mm-hmm. you want to be a part of it? Yeah, and he sure. He could have been like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it's Mick Jagger. What the hell does he care? Yeah, that's true. The, but, the the dude oozes sex and probably isn't super embarrassed of anything right. he's done. She claims up and down that it's not him. So, who knows? I, I kind of tend to believe her, though. Here's one note I want to end on. Okay. This song was released in 1972. It's 2018. We've been talking about this song <laughs> for 46 years years that's insane she has kept this mystery relevant for 46 years you know it's crazy 72 feels like 30 years ago to me yeah because my head doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) well also like we weren't alive then so you're round to like the the date that makes yeah is most relevant to you which is the date we were born which is approximately 30 years ago say like rounding errors like I, i basically i'm like almost 20 years off (laughs) <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> um, yeah, she's kept this rel- like relevant for mm-hmm. that long and mm-hmm. keeps being coy and being like, well, I'll never tell who it is. No, I don't even want to talk about it. But here's a letter of his name <laughs> for 46 years. Yeah, the mystery you endures. mad genius Carly Simon. I wonder if after everyone involved is dead, if she if she outlives everybody, if she'll just say it. Maybe. I like to think she won't. Know. No, I, I feel like it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. And I, that's what makes me think, like, some of this could just be red herrings. She could be outright lying about some of it because it's just a game. It's just like a fun thing that happened that she's like, okay, everyone wants to know. So let's see how long we can keep it going. <laughs> yeah, like, let's see how long we can keep people wanting to figure this out. Yeah. That's so, amazing. 46 years. That's Isn't crazy. That so funny. Yeah. I don't know of... Any other song that people have been like, like obsessed about. with, de- like debating the content of for that long consistently? Yeah, right. So that is the truth, <laughs> and maybe the truth. Some of some other not truths. Maybe some truths. Maybe some red herrings. Yeah, I know that you said before we started recording this, you did say that you felt like maybe she had not always been entirely truthful about this, or that there were red herrings tossed out that she there there are people who think that she's she's given some some red herrings. The one that strikes me some fnews. She's thrown fnews around. Um, The one that strikes me is the the Nick one because it's so obvious. Yeah, it's like so clear, like it's about Nick, not Mick. It's like. You just came out and admitted it in a line of a song, someone else's song, but like you've never said anything that straightforward about it before. Right. So why now? 
Like, are you just assuming people aren't going to take it seriously or people aren't really going to listen to this version of this song? Mm -hmm. It's on YouTube. It's easily accessible. It was on an album. Yeah. But it's not like a Carly Simon song. It's a Janet Jackson song. I kind of wonder if this is like the long, the long con, like sort of like, like, like an insurance policy. Like if everything goes completely wrong and Carly Simon needs to put a book out, boom. I mean, she did. She wrote a memoir. I was going to say, she's got a small fortune if she ever describes all of this in complete detail for people. Yeah. Seriously. If she wrote a book like tomorrow and it was I called wanna, You're actually, So Vain. I actually want to get her other book, The Boys in the Trees. <clears throat> I would yeah. like to read that. And she does talk in depth about people she was in relationships with. But right. from the sounds of like what other people were saying about it, it's mostly very positive. She's not like being yeah. a dick to anyone in the book. She's right. You know, being honest, but being forgiving. I, I, so, I can't believe she's managed to keep this going for that long when you put it that way. 46 years. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I had to do the math on that because I was like, damn, I know it's been a long <laughs> time, but I need a calculator. <laughs> I can't do mental math. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. It is. It's impressive. It is impressive. So that's one of life's greatest mysteries. All right. So I guess to hear it. The truth as you see it, first two, Warren Beatty, right? Second verse, Warren Beatty. Yeah. First verse, potentially Nick Del Banco. Yeah. Third verse, someone named David. Huh. Damn. And it's possible that it was about someone who wasn't famous. One of her ex-husbands did say that he didn't, he thought the song was about someone who wasn't famous. Okay. It's potential that one of the verses could have been about someone who she dated in her past and wasn't a famous person. Yeah, someone that would no, no one else would really know about. Here's something I was thinking about when I was researching this and why it made so much sense to me that she did this song with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Is that Carly Simon has dated a lot of people. Like, when I was looking back at like all these people it could be about and yeah. all the rumors, she's dated people because yeah. she's a human being. And sure. this song was written in 1971. And by that point, she'd been around a little bit like in the industry and dated yeah. other famous people and dated not famous people. And yeah. she had a life, you sure. know. It makes me think about like I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but she gets a lot of shit for like <laughs> – Right. Dating people and That's for having relationships and for talking about them. Yeah. Everybody else does that. Every oh male God. artist does that. I didn't even think about that. But yes, they do. And like there's a natural connection between Carly Simon and yeah. Taylor Swift for that reason. It made sense to me to be like, oh, no, there's kind of like a kindred thing going on. Of like, yeah. And I don't know that anyone ever gave. Um, Carly Simon shit for that yeah. But they definitely give shit to Taylor Swift for it yeah, And she's right. written songs in response to it Yeah um, So it made sense to me being like Oh yeah like That's <laughs> a natural combination of people I to be like, thought about it No both of us are female artists We both have dated people We both have talked about people we've dated in our songs Sometimes more coyly, coyly than other times Yeah But it's like when you are an artist and you write your own music and you write about what you know, 
Your relationships are going to make it in your music. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to want to not tell people about it. And sometimes <coughs> you are going to tell people about it. Right. But how much ire are you going to get? How much judgment do we give people for being human beings and having relationships and talking about it? Yeah. Like, obviously they're in the public eye and they're making a song. It doesn't mean they really want to divulge who it's about. It doesn't mean that we deserve to know who it's about. We're not entitled to that. That deserving to know thing is something really interesting, too. That is the beauty of this song. (laughs) It's like, we don't have to know. We're not entitled to know. If we do, we're lucky. Right. We're not entitled to know. And she has been playing with that for 46 years. (laughs) Well, you know, something else you said. genius. Something else you said got me thinking. If there's, in fact, a non-famous person in this song. Mm Mm-hmm. Process of elimination, so we know it's not number two. We know that's Warren Beatty. Yeah. But the other thing is, it's probably not person number three. Because we're talking about someone, like, flying all over the place, doing these exotic things. That's more likely going to be the famous person, or at least, like, a very wealthy person. But but it stands to reason. It stands to reason that it would be. She could have dated him before he were wealthy or famous. Yeah. And so the non-famous person may most likely be the first verse. I mean, years ago, if all it that. is Nick, I would say it's a, uh, oh, I did that throat gurgly <laughs> thing again. He is the least famous of them. He is an American author, but right. when she dated him, they were in high school, and then he went to Harvard and became an author. Okay. So it's not like he was famous when she yeah, probably knew him. Neither of them were famous back then. No, I mean, yeah. not in high school, so. Hmm. Who knows to this very day? No, we may never know. And nobody. we're not entitled to know. <laughs> if Carly Simon decides to tell us, that will be a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. But she's done a great job of keeping us guessing. I love it. I love it's, a good mystery, right? Doesn't everyone kind of love a good mystery? And aren't you always a little great. sad when the mystery is solved because it's it, no longer a mystery? It really is the best mystery in pop music. It is. I don't I can't think of any other example of something that has kept the public's attention on and off for this song. Well, like I was saying, like you ought to know is a close analogy, but that one's kind of like pretty cleanly pinned down to being like Dave Coulier, right? Yeah. Like that one's kind of a lock. It didn't it didn't hold up as mysterious as Not this. as long as this did. Right. And that yep. one's kind of that one was blown open within like twelve to fifteen years. Yeah. And also like <clears throat> That one's a lot more graphic than this, too. Yeah. Like, Yeah, like a lot more bile to it. I, I feel like I would be want to keep that closer to my chest than even this song. You know, if someone's a sufficient asshole, you kind of want the world to know, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Mm. Yeah. She was clearly in pain when she wrote that song. So. <laughs> yep. Jagged it's Little great. Pill, right? The, uh, Such a great breakup album. Chris has Such said it many times. Album. is like women need one breakup album and one only, and it's that one. Like, it's, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Just like, just had a breakup. Yeah. Put on You Ought to Know and just cry sing it. Yep. <laughs> cry sing it into a pillow. Cry sing it in your car when you're driving home. Tears yep. dripping down your face. I'm going to cry right now thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just like therapy on a disc you just pop that in there are songs that bring you back to a moment and it can be like a song like that that's just like iconic yeah for a certain feeling like that breakup song or it could be like 
for me, it's whatever I was listening to when whatever thing was happening. Right. And I remember a particular period of my life, like I was going through some stuff and I was pretty depressed and I kept listening to um, Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, Mm -hmm. uh, Camera Obscura, I forget the name of the album, and just Depeche Mode in general. And the person I was dating at the time was like, we were talking on the phone and I was explaining how depressed I was and he's like, why are you doing this to yourself? Stop <laughs> listening to that. I know it's good music, but you need to stop torturing yourself because they're horribly depressing songs. The thing is you got to <laughs> poke the bruise, right? Like, isn't that the way we deal with grief? We just got to poke the bruise until we know it doesn't hurt anymore. And to this day, though, if I listen to any of those, like those two albums in particular, I'm right back there. It doesn't yeah. like necessarily make me depressed, but I feel those feelings. I have I have songs like that too. And I'm just like, oh shit, that's real. Yep. And oh, oh now we're totally off topic. But <laughs> music okay. music is beautiful because of that <clears throat> reason. We can relate to it in so many ways. And like I said before, a great song mm-hmm. should be able to be interpreted to make it meaningful to everybody. I agree, yeah. And that's why so many artists don't want to reveal too much about why they wrote it, because that's their thing. Yeah. That's not for you. You need to relate to it however you relate to it. That's what they want. Yeah. Ultimately, art endures as it allows us to better understand or experience something personal through it. And if it's if if, I think the more specific something is and the less relatable it is to you, the harder time you have of getting something useful out of it. The important and impressive thing is that it elicits a response, an emotion, a feeling from you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's what the writer or the artist intended. Mm-hmm. It's it's that response. Yeah. So it, everyone can relate to your Sylvain. Yeah, sure. Everyone can relate to it. It doesn't matter who it's about. Everyone knows someone that they yeah. think, yep, that fucker. <laughs> that fucker. <laughs> Everyone has those moments. This song Mm -hmm. is intentionally vague. I mean, there are things that sound specific, but when you really look at the lyrics, it's like, yeah, just douchebags. Just douchebags. People who are shitty to you. We all have at least three of those, right? Yeah, Yeah, right. Even if you haven't dated that many people, there are at least three people who were dicks to you who you could write a song (laughs) like this about. I encourage you to write a (laughs) three-verse song. Right. And send it to us. And oh, then sure. we'll guess. Yeah, then we'll guess what it's about. <laughs> is this about us? Is this about Wait, us? Are you writing this about do you write, us? Oh, do you, do you write that song about us? I bet this song is about us. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for that really thorough uh, walkthrough of this classic song. This was a super fun episode. It was not depressing. It was exciting. <laughs> um, it was super fun to research. And yeah. It involved... Carly Simon and music and mystery. She's kind of my hero right now. She's awesome. And she is just like a great musician and a great vocalist and a great writer. And all of that should be noted. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just. She's cool. Yeah. Super great. Super badass. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, gosh, that was great. Uh, So I guess uh, now we we will wrap up our episode here. Uh, Thank you again for listening. Please keep sending us your topics. We love them uh, at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. And I guess we'll see you next week with another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Thank you for sticking around. We'll see you then. Uh, Bye. Uh, Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 